In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today, as I've mentioned in the past, that even though we live in times where there's so much information now because of cable television and the internet, even people's phones have internet, and yet there is so much ignorance regarding God's law and the church. Everyone knows that, basically everyone in the world knows that the new baby that was born in England, the name, all the kerfuffle that went on with that. But not many know, including people here today, what is holy unction. And unfortunately, by not knowing what holy unction is, and even by keeping away from holy unction, because there are some who actually say that holy unction should be only once a year, there are others who say that holy unction should only be for those who are very sick or dying. And there's others who are too busy to come to the holy unction service. For those of you who received the emails two nights ago, there's a few things there that we put together for you. And they were taken from the letters of a Father John Krestiankin, which was a holy elder who was born in 1910 in Russia and he died in 2006 at 96 years old. And he was a spiritual father to many in Russia, a very holy man. And he, in his letters, continually advised people to have holy unction. He said that holy unction has been given to us by the apostles. As we read today, as we heard in the epistle of St. James, that he said, if any of you are sick, call the priests to be, and for the priests to pray over you and to be anointed with holy oil. Father John says, as do all the holy fathers of the church, that holy unction is one of the seven sacraments. What are the seven sacraments? Baptism, chrismation, holy communion, priesthood, marriage, confession, and unction. In other words, unction is a very important mystery or sacrament of the Orthodox Church. Father John goes on to even say that unction is higher than other prayers and prayerful requests, including exorcism. Now, some of you might say, what's exorcism got to do with us? Well, today, because we live in a society where there is great apostasy, and apostasy means when we've fallen away from God's law, whenever Christians fall away from God's law, they have to replace it with another law, and that's the demonic law. So when people fall away from the church, when people are unaware of God's law, they run to things which are opposite to God. 
And what are they? Fortune tellers, astrologers, magicians, mediums, etc. Many Orthodox Christians have fallen into those things. And we have to know how does the church look at those sins? Well, I'll tell you, the ancient church, maybe they don't keep the rules as strict now, but the ancient church considered those sins of going to those places, whether you went to do bad to someone else or whether you went out of curiosity, whether you went just to see if someone's done something on you or whether you went there just to have your future read or whatever other stupidity that people go for. It doesn't matter... According to the church canons, people weren't allowed to commune. Some, some church fathers said 15 years, 20 years. Some even went as far as to say never are they allowed to commune until their deathbed. And that's how serious it was. Why? Because it's like you are denying God. So therefore, how many people can say that even out of curiosity, they've never gone there. Or some people who watch demonic things on television, they don't know that they can be influenced by those demonic things. Or how many have listened to songs that had demonic tunes, like heavy metal and other songs. Those people who listen to those, to that, to those lyrics actually do get influenced. Now... Father John, the Russian elder, knew that in Russia at the time that people had delved into those things, whether, as we said, through music, whether television, whether through internet, whether they went to places, whether you ring up on the phone, doesn't matter. He knew that a lot of people had fallen into that. So as a result of that, he advised people to... Confess, obviously, make a promise never to do those things again, and to receive unction as often as possible. And he says, so a lot of people say, oh no, I want to be read exorcisms. But no, he actually says that unction is higher than exorcisms. Really, not many of us can say that we don't have demonic influence on us and we need unction. But unction also is for those who are sick physically. Some people say, I don't feel sick, I feel healthy. I can run, I jog, but only to find out that when they go to the doctor, they can find out that they've got some disease in them that they didn't even know. So we can not know that we've got a disease, it can be, it can be hidden in us, or we can know. There is no one really today, especially with all this pollution and foods that are not good with all chemicals, that is free of sickness. So we all have need of that. But there's also, unction is also important for spiritual sicknesses. Now what are spiritual sicknesses? Spiritual sicknesses are the passions. And all of us have passions. What are the passions? Anger, jealousy, hate, Envy, remembrance of wrongs, we wish someone, when we don't, we might not do bad to someone, but we wish something to happen to someone. 
when we have someone that we don't like and when something bad happens to them, we rejoice in our hearts. When we argue, when our passion is our ego, our pride, when we can't say sorry, or when we can't forgive someone, all these things are passions. And holy unction, as do many other services, but especially holy unction, helps us to be healed of those diseases that are in us called the passions. But let's have some practical advice. Today, you'll be those who want, according to Elder John, the Russian elder, he actually advised for people to take unction home with them, holy oil, and to anoint themselves every day. He even said for those who were sick to drink holy unction oil, if necessary, a little bit. Of course, the proper orthodox practice is for a person, when they've done their prayers in the morning, to have uh, the holy bread, the holy, drink some holy water, and after that they can anoint themselves with unction oil. Or you can, and if you want, you can put some unction oil in the holy water and drink like that if you have some sicknesses that you feel that you want to, be, to, to get help. When you anoint yourself with holy unction oil and you want to, and you have a tissue and you want to wipe later on, you're not allowed to throw those in the bin. You've got to burn them or bury them. That's why we collect them in that bag over there at the end. Everyone's going to be anointed. You, then you wipe yourselves on all the spots that you've been anointed. And then we will take them and burn them. You cannot throw in the garbage bin holy things. Like you can't throw away crumbs from the prosphoro when you take it home from church. You can't throw them away. You either eat them or if there's any crumbs in the paper that you might discover, you have to burn all those things. You can't wash holy things in the sink, which goes into the sewerage. If you have to wash anything, you wash it in the garden so it can go into the soil. Do not wash holy things in the sink. That's why churches have special sinks where the water goes into the ground. So, for example, at our monastery we have a, a, um, two big tubs that we use to wash all the vestments and that water goes into the ground. We, don't, we can't wash holy things in, in, in basins where it goes into the sewerage. So that's a few things that I wanted to say today. Don't listen to people who say that holy unction is only for those that are dying. That's a inf that's, that comes from uh, the influence from the Roman Catholics. Some Orthodox have been, even priests, have been influenced by Ro Roman Catholicism, especially in Orthodox countries where there were Catholics around, they, they were influenced. And one of the influences is that Roman Catholics believe that unction is the last thing a person has when they're dying, and it's only for the dying. That's not an orthodox practice. 
the last rites for an Orthodox Christian is Holy Communion. So the proper order is this, for those who want to know. It's confession, and of course with repentance, then holy unction, and then communion. That's the best order to do things. Other people believe that holy unction shouldn't be given to children. That's another, that's ignorance as well. Again, influence from the West. That's why, with God's help, we do holy unctions here often. And people should come often because the more we are anointed with the holy oil, the more we are present at services, the more we receive God's grace. Because in spiritual life, there are two things. One, our personal struggle. We have to still struggle with these with evil thoughts and passions, etc. We have to try to struggle to do the commandments of God. That's, that's our part. We have to do our part. But as God says, on your own you can do nothing. So we also need God's grace. How do we receive God's grace? Through the sacraments, through the mysteries. We receive God's grace through prayer. We receive God's grace just by doing the commandments. We receive God's grace when we repent after we've done something wrong and we ask forgiveness. So there's two things. It's our own struggle, but especially the grace that we receive from the church in the mysteries. In particular, as Father John says here, you need to confess. He said to one person, receive holy unction. Take communion more often. Pray before the icon of the Mother of God. Have a meleben served. Have the blessing of the waters done. Take some oil from the icon lamp of the saint. Most importantly, receive holy unction. And he also gives some advice, which I will end off with, to do with doctors. He said here, the first thing you need to do now is to repent deeply receive divine unction and holy communion and only after this give yourself over to the doctor's care which will help you receive God's help. A lot of people run to doctors, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't even ask God for help. Maybe if they're dying they might finally come to the church. But all the holy saints teach that the doctors are worthless unless God enlightens them the medication's worthless unless God allows the medication to work. So therefore, when we have serious problems, not which I'm talking about just that when you have a little thing, but when you have serious problems, always come to the church first, have a malebon served, have a holy water, whatever you need. If you can be present at an unction, confess, commune. And then after you've done that side, then you go to the doctor and then you say to God, I've done my part to do with the church, now you go to the doctor. Here another one, he says, doctors and medicines are from God. In order not to fall into temptation, 
you need to go to doctors. Now, some of you might say, what does that mean, fall into temptation? Well, sometimes we read the saints, and still to this day there are fathers on Mount Athos who don't go to doctors. They've got so much faith, they've got so much humility, they've got so much simplicity that they pray to God and God makes them better if he chooses to make them better. They don't go to doctors. But they're great saints. For us that live in the world, God wants us to go to doctors and not to have the pride and say, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to pray to God, but I'm not going to go to the doctors because I'm like a saint. But we're not. We do both. We pray, we ask God's help, we come to church, but we must go to doctors as well. If not, we fall into the pride to think that God's going to give us some special cures like he does the saints. We're not saints. Then he says, however, first go to the doctor, meaning God, of soul and body, in the sacraments of confession, unction, and holy communion. So he says, before you go to the doctors, first go to the to the other doctor, starting with capital D, meaning God. And where do we find God? In the sacraments, which is, as he said here, confession, holy unction, and communion. After you've done that, then give yourself over to the doctor's care with faith, because it's then that we can receive the maximum help and receive healing if God chooses to heal us, because sometimes it's not for our benefit to be healed. So now we're going, you, you venerate the icons, the relics of St. Badalimon. Then you come and you say your name to each priest. You'll be anointed. Women that are wearing lipsticks and things, don't do that. It's, it's not right. Take it off. God knows. He knows how to create. We don't need to enhance ourselves. Then you go through the three priests, then you wipe off all the oil from your hands, wherever the oil's being put. And then someone will be there and will give you a little bottle with holy unction oil that you can take home, if you like, to anoint yourselves frequently. Before you anoint yourself at home, always shake the bottle because within the bottle there's oil and wine as we read in the Samaritan Gospel. So you shake it so that you can get some, when you put your cotton bud or whatever you put, you anoint yourself. Actually, Father John says you should anoint yourself in the similar way that you're anointed today. He actually says anoint yourself hands everywhere. That, that, that's what he says. Some people might just anoint themselves there. You can also anoint yourself on spots. You've got a sore back or whatever. You can anoint yourself on those areas as well. And as I said, he even advised some people who have got maybe an internal problem to want to drink the, um, the holy oil. I mean, 